Welcome to the Taz Show, ladies and gentlemen. I am him, Taz. Thank you for downloading this episode at the Radio.com app or on the Radio.com website or at TazShow.com, maybe Apple Podcasts, wherever you're pulling it in. Thank you. Maybe past episodes, you pulled that into your life. If you did that, you're a gentleman, a scholar, a lady of high extinguishing, high extinguished five exactly ladies and gentlemen thank you so uh there you have it like high extinct yeah stop it okay not a good start but it's okay we're gonna pick it up we're gonna be okay we're gonna be good so uh welcome welcome to this uh episode of the taz show looking forward to uh talking to guys and doing a little taz hall meeting too so uh, for those because this is still a new gimmick that we're doing here on the taz show so what is taz hall meeting it's a playoff uh, a town hall meeting um it's just a fancy name for like a q a type thing um where we post it you know post a gimmick and say here we go taz hall meeting gonna record in a little while and we post it on the facebook which is facebook.com slash the taz show and um and then you guys come at uh yours truly with a plethora of questions um we get the guys gather them up for me and put them together and they pull the best ones and then uh and then i come out here and do a pod about it it's pretty cool it's pretty fun and i don't do it a lot but uh it seems like you guys like it a lot and i you know uh, i i think that we got to start posting them when we when we announced that we're doing a taz hall meeting and we're looking for questions from you guys the audience and you guys the wrestling fan um maybe on the other social platforms you know, not just facebook so either on the Twitter or on the IG. Uh, so if you don't follow me on uh, Instagram, it's Taz Talk, T-A-Z-T-A-L-K. And obviously on uh, Twitter, at Official Taz, and that's one Z at the end. So I, I don't think I've really ever promote my Twitter here on the show, but it's no biggie. Um, so um, before we get rolling, so like we uh, we just heard the news recently here, very recent, of the, the unfortunate... Um, unfortunate passing of a legendary uh legendary uh, actor um burt reynolds uh i was a big fan of burt reynolds he, he passed away um and uh, on thursday and he uh he was 82 years old so he lived a very full life i would strongly assume just from seeing a lot of his life on camera in the movies and stuff like that for you younger fans this guy was the man like uh this guy back in the day he was suave bola jones you know very good looking man did not have a problem i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure take three of uh uh, maybe fancying a lady at a restaurant or a you know a movie theater so uh yeah he's he was a handsome debonair man but a tremendous actor uh some great great uh movies uh one of my favorite movies i've ever seen uh, and I saw back in the day when I was younger was Hooper about a stuntman. And um, 
that was not even one of his biggest movies. I think he had like like 40 movies, 50 movies, films, I should say. So from from Smoking Abandoned, Cannibal Rama, his big ones, I watched all those. The Longest Shard, the original Longest Shard um, was a great, great movie. If you haven't seen the original, it was friggin' awesome. And one of my favorite football players of all time was in that movie, Ray Nitschke. He was a great middle linebacker for the fucking Green Bay Packets, number 66. And he played a prison guard in that movie and was a football player in the movie. They got hit in a nads, the yam bag, uh, with a football by uh, Burt Reynolds, who was an inmate, but was a great quarterback and was in prison. And it was the prison guards, just like the the second version of Long Shot. You know the movie. Prison guards versus the prisoners. So, um, but anyway, it, 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 he, Burt Reynolds was great. And he had a, um, definitely had a, uh, a connection because in WrestleMania 10, he was an announcer, ring announcer. So at WrestleMania 10, so uh, it's, uh, you know, he had a connection there, and that was at the Garden, I believe. And he had a, a really good connection to uh, the wrestling business and stuff like that from back in, the, you know, many years ago. So, you know, uh, sorry to hear the passing of a legendary, uh, uh, the legendary Burt Reynolds and, you know, um, uh, prayers to his fan base and obviously his family. So, uh, you know, uh, he, he was great. I just thought it'd be nice to mention him on the pod here so uh so in the town hall uh town hall see i gotta fix that taz hall meeting uh you know it, it there's there was so many questions i mean so many in a good way i mean that and we tried to pull the best ones so if you don't if we don't pull yours out to be you know answered don't sweat it you know that we're gonna be doing a lot more of these and, and don't get offended it's not like that so because there's so many, we can't do them all. But, you know, and from just talking to some fans that have been part uh, closely to the to my show for a long time, um, I like to get their input, like kind of like my own little small focus group, I guess you would say. And it's and, and they're honest, usually. Uh, these folks are very honest with, with me when I ask them. Uh, because sometimes, you know, and they say they love it. They love the task hall. So that's why we're going to keep doing them. But, see, sometimes when you're um, – when you're part of, you know, when you're part of, um, when you're doing the actual content, you know, you're, you're the closest to it as you perform it, as you do it. And sometimes you, you know, you, 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 I don't want to say you think everything you do is really good because, you know, you know, some shows or podcasts or live shows or whatever, if you're a performer or a musician, maybe whatever, you know, that not everything you do is great. You know, you hope it to be good. And some stuff to be great. And that's how it is. And you're doing as much content as I'm doing. I mean, some shows are better than others. And that just goes without saying. I'm blessed. And I mean that. You guys are awesome. And you guys, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 you guys are just great on social media and giving a lot of response. And and if anybody has a negative response, um, it's very respectful. And, you know, because it's Twitter, right? Or it's Instagram. And if you say something and critique, you know, People, a lot of times that do what I do, they it, it, you read something in text on a tweet, you know, it looks like you can get, you right away get the defensive sometimes, you get on the defensive. So, um, but whenever I've gotten any kind of criticism, it's usually been like in a respectful manner. Uh, but I have to say, and I mean this, I mean, most of it is positive and, and I appreciate it. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I do my best out here to give you the best content I can as I'm doing a full-time radio show. So it's, it's not easy. Um, and I try to be consistent that you guys get your pods every, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from me. 
So I, I it, sometimes it's harder than others uh, just because just because because I'm I'm working and I had meetings a lot of meetings this week and um and it's interesting enough uh, one uh, before I get doing the Taz Hall one of the meetings I had this it, it's not nothing juicy or cool that you'd be like oh this is a, um is one of one of the big supporters and advertisers of the show and that's Rocket Mortgage you guys know Rocket Mortgage I I talk about it all the time and I finally got to meet with uh the rocket mortgage folks uh, you know and it was they they were in new york and they came over to the radio station and uh, met a couple of people and i was one of the people that that met with them i was uh, invited to meet with them which was really cool and they love you guys and i'm not bs you i mean they love the wrestling fan because they're like they know you guys are, are passionate about your content and what i do out here they love my fan base who supports my show and you know um when i have and i've had a lot of advertisers i've been blessed to have a lot of advertisers over the years um but when i have someone to the level of power in the in the game of you know advertising uh and someone with a great a great brand like rocket mortgage by quicken loans tell me how awesome my audience is I have to thank you guys that when they, when the, the gentleman told me that in, in this conference room, I, I got goosebumps. I mocked out for you guys. It was really weird. I, so I want to thank you guys for that. And, you know, and I, I, I believe in rocket mortgage by quick and loans. So, uh, um, you know, they, they, they've done a lot of business with the show and, and, uh, and, and I can't thank them enough. So it's, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Hopefully we keep doing business for a long time coming. Um, because I believe in what they're doing and, uh, Jeez, it's almost like, if you think about it, like a layup. I mean, it's like, hello, Taz, you're talking you know, about Rocket Mortgage, and it might be a perfect time for me to tell you guys about the all-new uh, Rate Shield approval that Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans is introducing. Rate Shield approval, that's right. If you're in the market to buy at home, hey, Quicken Loans, guys, they will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. How cool is that? Lock your rate for 90 days, up to 90 days. So to get started... It's very simple. What you got to do, rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. That's rocketmortgage.com slash TAS. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. So don't forget, that's Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, and they got that all-new rate shield approval. So, um, you know, make sure uh, if you're in the market, get rolling. That's the only way to go. So, uh, what my posse doing is Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. So, we rock and roll here. Let's get going into this task home meeting and uh, get going. So, this is no particular order. I just the the, the, the gimmicks that were pulled, the, the questions, I will go into them. And you guys will enjoy it. It's that simple. Okay. So, uh, where are we? Where are we? Let's go. Where should we start? I guess at the top of the list that uh, these jobbers sent to me. Not you fans, the people that work for the show. Not not crying Brian. He's the head honcho behind the scenes. And he's got, like, this team of people that he's in charge of. And he's cracking the whip. Crying Brian. You guys know he's mean. Anyways, uh, here's the first one. Okay. Do you think Corey Graves should only be on Raw or SmackDown? If so, what show would you have him call, and who would you replace him with uh, on the other show? 
any other changes you would make question mark and this is from john scroden um well john here's the deal first off a while back i talked about this topic with Corey graves calling about raw and smackdown and i'm not a fan of it i i, I think he does a good job Corey. i i like the work he does for sure i respect the work he does and his prep and his, his uh his intellect and, and his wit i do and i think he does a very good job and I like his work. I just don't think he should be on both shows. So I and and they did this right out. You know, once they did the the whatever the, a number of brands, but they're up to. But when they did it, he was the only guy that was the only person doing both. And I don't think that was a good move. Uh, meaning that they kept him there. You know, um, I don't remember. Part of my ignorance, Cole might have done both for a short time as the recent brand split, but maybe not. Um, regardless, no, I don't think Corey should be on both. And which show should he be on? I would keep him. I would if I had him do one show. I if I was the boss, I'd have him do uh, call Raw, um, and I would just have it basically be him and Michael Cole. I think they have you know good chemistry. Um, they work well together for sure. Uh, they play off each other well. Um, Corey's obviously gained a lot of experience over the past couple of years. Uh, but Michael Cole brings a, a wealth of experience, you know, decades. So um, I think that you got to have an A team per se, A like Apple. And I do think they would be my A team if I was running the show there. Um, not just because they would be on Raw, just because I think those two guys would be the best together as a duo. As you guys know, and John, who asked this question, I don't know if you realize, like I am not a fan of uh, of the um, uh, three person booth. Um, so that's why I'm I reference this whole thing in a duo. You know, two guys. Okay. Um, you know, I. Uh, and now, who would I replace him with on um, on SmackDown? I, I I don't think you have to. Like I said, keep it a two person team. I think that's a big thing. Like that needs to, it just needs to be done in WWE and it, just in wrestling and just in sports. I mean, just everywhere. I mean, you, you know, it it doesn't work well in my opinion. It's just too many voices. Um, it's three different opinions, which opinions are great. You know, and as long as they're different from each other, not all the time, but a lot of times, but sometimes it can get a little like, okay, like Sunday Night Baseball has three voices. Okay, A-Rod, uh, what's her name, Jessica Mendoza, and I can't remember the play-by-play guy's name. McCursion, McCursion, I keep drawing a blank on his name, but regardless, he does a good job. It might be Matt K. Fave, Neighbors Furnham, that's his name. Anyways. They, all three of them, sound completely different than each other, obviously, with a female voice there. And, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a huge fan of that, you know, Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN three-person booth, but they do a pretty good job as a three-person booth. In wrestling, I just don't think it's needed. And the main reason why it's not baseball, and what I mean by that it's not baseball, is in baseball, you have a lot of time. In between pitches, you have a plethora of time as a batter's up bat, um, you know, while a guy's on first. And then, and then the manager takes a trip to the mound or the pitching coach, and now there's delay. My point in telling you that there's a lot of downtime. It's very chill. It's very laid back, calling baseball. So you could have three people there. If you're doing wrestling, pro wrestling, and you're doing WWE, and especially on Raw or SmackDown or NXT, this stuff is moving fast. There are a lot of matches, and whatever the time the average matches are, you know, six, seven, eight minutes. Maybe they've expanded over the past couple of years. It seems like they're giving you a little bit more wrestling. But, um, I, you know, I wouldn't 
instead of answering your question, John Scroden, uh, instead of answering your question saying who I would replace him with, I think it'd be better if I kind of gave opinions on uh, who I think could potentially be a color commentator. So meaning that like somebody that I, I guess I could fre- reference it in like people that are currently in the company, like working for the company, instead of saying like outside the company, like we know CM Punk did a good job, a really good job for quite some time while he was at the announce desk. So he's a guy that obviously could have morphed into it, but he's not in the company anymore. So, um, and a lot of the, the guys they have and girls, you know, they're younger. So these are people that are still honing their craft and want to make their money as wrestlers and all that good stuff. So, um, but you know, I do think just off the top of my head, let's just say, hypothetically someone like a Bray Wyatt once his time comes that he's done 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 in the ring and I'm not saying that should be anytime soon I think he because he sounds different and he does that gimmick and that the way he talks with that whole gimmick and it's it's different it's it's pretty interesting and I think it's it'd be a cool tone I don't know if he's able to call a, a match I'm not I don't know if any of these people I could name could call a match I know he would be a unique character and sound very cool doing it um, I, I, I definitely think he has the chops, uh, to do it. Cause he knows enough about the business. He's had enough success in the industry. He definitely could do it. You guys remember when Daniel Bryan did it on, uh, was it the cruiserweight tournament? I can't remember. And on the Taz show, I kind of was stiff on him. I don't think, I just don't think his cadence was good. I'm a fan of Daniel Bryan as a worker. I, I like his promos too, but his color commentary work. I, and not that he's not credible, totally credible, just, it didn't, it just sounded false. I just didn't, just my professional opinion, I just was not a fan of his cadence and his inflection. Um, I know he was kind of thrown in it, and the guy's got nothing but credibility for sure, Daniel Bryan, but wasn't um, like a huge fan. I think Adolph Ziggler is a guy, because he's been working a long time. Once he's done, that he could maybe morph into a really good color commentator uh, for the company, and he's been there for so many years, and, and knows knows the, not just the business, but knows the WWE way extremely well. That uh, he's very well spoken, very articulate, very intelligent, very credible. Also, I believe in credibility, huge into the credibility part of it. So that's why I'll I'll spit out guys that I feel, um, you know, not just have the chops, not just you know uh, have an opinion because that's important. Uh, but credibility, um, like I'll give you an example, like Coachman, he's obviously a, a, a legitimate broadcaster. And he does a very good job. And I, I like him. I, I respect him. I consider him a friend. But my only thing with the job they have him doing as a color commentator on Raw, I feel like it's forced, like he's forcing, they're having him force an opinion or having him being, um, it's almost comes off as a little contrived. I don't know if it's his delivery or if it's the direction they're giving him. I'm not quite sure. I'm not behind the scenes seeing it. I, I think that if you're going to have an opinion uh, as a color commentator, it's got to be real. It's got to be your opinion. Um, that was why I just, it was very tough to deal with. And even I respect the hell out of Vince McMahon, obviously. And I learned a ton as a commentator from him. But a lot of times I was given his opinion. Um, that's my job. And it wasn't just me. A lot of us at that time, you know, I mean, he's the boss. I mean, it's that simple, uh, you know, and, and he was doing it from a good place in his heart. He just, you know, he was overproducing us because, you know, we were the last voice to the audience to, to, to sell a product. So he, you know, he's very passionate about his brand and he should be his family's brand, his dad, his grand, you know, it's like, it's a whole family tradition. So 
you know, here you are as a commentator. Like I knew that was a responsibility on, on me. And, you know, like this is a big responsibility, you know, um, it's important. You got to have fun and you got to goof around, you know, depending on your character, but you also got to sell the brand and the characters, the talent for sure. You know what I mean? You got to get the storylines over. There's a lot, a lot of work involved. So you can't just say, oh, that guy can cut a good promo. Let's make him, oh, he's going to be a really, really good color commentator. Oh, not so fast. There's a lot more to it. Uh, but anyway, those are, those are just a few of the names um, that uh, that I think would, would do a good job replacing. Again, I believe in credibility. I believe in some years. I believe in championships i believe it'd be nice to have a legitimate championship behind someone who becomes a couple of championships becomes a color commentator i believe in that credibility uh i don't know if i talked about it recently or someone tweeted me or something about samoa joe maybe one day definitely joe could be a phenomenal 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 color commentator uh because he's got everything credibility intelligence inflection an opinion um, so he definitely Joe could do it with his eyes closed. I might have veered off, John, your question, but I think I, I covered a good amount about that uh, commentary. Now, he, John Scroden, has a secondary question. All right. Do you think Cody, comma, Hangman and the Young Bucks will sign with WWE when their contracts come up? Oh, I apologize. I made an error because I'm reading this thing wrong. This is from Sam Banks, uh, not from John. This secondary this second question is from a different person. All right. So I'll reread it. Do you think Cody Hangman and the Young Bucks will sign with the WWE when their contracts come up? Sam Banks. Thank you, Sam. Um, okay. I, uh, I do, but maybe not all of them. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't be afraid to throw Kenny Omega's name in there also. Um, I, look, I do think... All the success they just had with All In. Cody is the NWA champion. Unless WWE. Now, I'm going to, Sam Banks, I'm, I'm going to, this is why, this is what's cool about Taz Hall meetings. It veers into different areas. Okay. A little fantasy booking spitballing here. I don't know if anyone else has had this narrative. I don't, I don't listen to everybody else's content with wrestling. I don't listen to it. You guys know that. I don't want to, I don't, I haven't, I'm, I don't care what anybody else says. It's not being disrespectful. It's just that I I worry about what I do, and I don't want to be veered any certain way. I feel like these guys will end up, at, at least the bulk of them, Bucks, Hangman Page, Cody, Omega, I do think they'll be definitely offered contracts to go to WWE. Their deals are uh, coming up, I believe, at the end of the year or going into the new year. It's very somewhere in there. I don't, have the, I don't know the dates. Here's my thing. Now that Cody is the new NWA champion, could you imagine, could you imagine if they brought him in as the NWA champion and WWE worked out some business with Billy Corrigan and Dave Lagano, who I just had on, who was great guest, and thank you, Dave. For those that didn't hear it, he's the vice president of NWA and Lightning One, and you should take a listen and, uh, you know, to uh, the podcast I just did with Dave as a guest, uh, this that was on Monday, uh, that was on Wednesday. So, how cool would that be if they brought Cody in to WWE with that NWA title? But it's got to be. There's a lot that ha- would have to happen. That title has to be protected. Uh, 
the NWA has to have creative control over that title. I mean, this is a long shot. I mean, this happened many years ago, guys. This type of stuff with territories and champions going different territories. This, this, but at this level, it's, I don't know if it's ever. I mean, at this level, WWE level, I, I don't know if it could happen now. I don't know if it could. The one guy who could make it happen and I could see want to do it is Triple H. And I do think he he's close to having the power to do it right now. I don't picture Vince going for it, but who knows? Um, Vince, as he's getting older, I, I you know I heard that he's changing on some of his views, and, and he's an open-minded guy and a very intelligent guy. Um, it, nothing shocks me. I've been I've seen a lot in the fucking business, so nothing shocks me. I do think that Triple H would think it's a pretty cool ass fucking thing to do is bring the NWA champion and, and shoot an angle with him, with one of your champions, no matter if it's on SmackDown. You know, just imagine, like, AJ Styles. Um, you know, or even if you want to go the route with the Universal Champion and, you know, in an angle. I I, I, I think it's a long shot, but I I bet you it's crossed Triple H's mind. I promise you it's crossed his mind. <laughs> I can't prove that, but it wouldn't shock me. Um, but there would have to be a lot of legalese involved. Because the NWA will be extremely protective of that title and of Cody and of everything. There's a lot. Because th- th- that's the question. When you do uh, company versus company, for lack of better terms, who does the job? I mean, that's what always happens. You know, that's always the key. I remember that when I was in TNA. And I was, you know, helping give input on stuff. And, and we were doing business with uh, in, with Japan. And it was like, well, who does the job? They're gonna, we're going to do title versus title. You know, that's always number one question. Because who does a job? Even though jobs aren't everything in the world, but when you're the champ from one company and they're going against a champ from another company, well, the titles do matter then. You know, it's important. Even though it's a work, it's important. So I, I, I do think, uh, Sam Banks, I do think that you're going to see something happen here uh, as far as some new guys ending up in WWE uh, probably in 2019. Just the thing is, like, it's just strange because – with Cody, I guess they'd have to, if he's going to do that, I know he's professional enough or whatever, he'd have to drop the title before he goes back to WWE unless they cut do some kind of business. I don't know. It's it, it's definitely, I, I'm sure it has crossed a lot of people's mind, including Triple H and, and maybe even maybe even Billy and and, uh, and Lagana. Who knows? Maybe it has. Uh, time will tell. It'll be awesome. Uh, um, so we'll see. We'll have to keep an eye on that. So, But it's definitely uh, something that could go down. All right, here we go. Uh, Next question here on Taz Hall Meeting. If WWE went back to the Attitude Era style show, Attitude Era style show, who do you think would be the top stars in the company? Scott Twig. Well, Scott, thank you uh, for the question. Who do I think would be the top uh, guys in the company? Uh, The same top guys are in WWE right now. (laughs) That's who I think. Because guys like AJ Styles and Roman Reigns uh, uh from a female perspective War Women's title Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair you know uh, you know Seth Rollins Nakamura they, 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 you know the ones the, the the talents that are getting pushed they're the ones just because it's the attitude era I I don't think it would change one bit these are the people that the company and the creative team and whatnot um is putting they're putting the, the mustard behind these guys and girls. Um, so it don't matter what year it is, what gimmick it is, what attitude era. I mean, I kind of get your drift. You're probably, you know, alluding to like maybe different gimmicks of different talents that would get over more like during the attitude, attitude era than now. I, you know, 
I, I understand that if that's what you're thinking, but uh, you know, I'm, I think I'm more of the business end and who's getting the push or the people that they feel are drawing the money and who can get over uh, more than other people. That's why they're pushing them with titles and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you could look at several different wrestlers and, you know, uh, like, uh, like uh, the bludgeon brothers, like they would have fit good, like, you know, in the, um, the attitude arrow, like hardcore championship type style, like, you know, that, that type thing. And, uh, you know, AOP and that kind of stuff, you know, bullet club. Yeah. I, you know, uh, not, you know, uh, gallows and, uh, uh, Anderson, you know, that's what I when I said book club, but uh, yeah, that all would be cool. But I, I just, to answer your question, I flat out straight up, just think that the people that are getting pushed now would be the same people that got pushed on the attitude era. That might not be a, a sexy answer, but it's how I feel, uh, Mr. Twig, as they call you, Scott. Scott Twig might be a gimmick name, but pretty cool name. All right, here we go. Next question. Do you think WWE will ever do the right thing and build a physical HOF? So he's talking about Hall of Fame. That's Michael Paul. All right, Mike, thanks. Uh, yeah, I do. And I, I know I talked about this a while back. I, I'm shocked it's not done already. Um, I told you guys, if unless some of you are new, a lot of you guys are new to my content, so you might not have heard me talk about this. I heard it with my own ears years ago when I was in WWE. I heard it from Vince. I heard it on his plane. I heard it from other people in the company, uh, power, power people, that they wanted to put up a Hall of Fame. And uh, in different spots I've heard, but it, the consensus seemed like Orlando um, was there. And I've heard that even after the fact, Orlando, especially now because of everything with the performance in there and all that stuff. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised. Uh, I'm surprised, uh, Michael Paul, that that Hall of Fame is not up. I don't know if I don't know what the holdup is. I, I, it's not a financial thing. You know, they have the money to do it. Um, I don't know if I said it somebody else. I don't know if, when we talked about this a while back, but even if it was in Stanford somewhere, and they have like a tour set up where you can see Titan Towers. Um, you know, and then have a lot of areas off limits, but then have an area for their Hall of Fame or a building near there. I know that area very very well, that area of Stanford. I've worked there for so long for WWE, and I also know the area very well. Just I only live like 60 miles away from that area. So, um, and where the WWE studio is, you know, is actually not where the tower is. It's a few miles away in more of a kind of a, a kayfabe area, to be frank, um, like a, you know, a, it's kind of like in the middle of nowhere. It's hard to explain, but but I'm not going to get into that. But <laughs> it's kind of hidden. Let's put it that way. So here's the thing. Stanford's like, you know, the city of Stanford, is, it's a nice-sized city, but it's it's an all-business type city. It's not really a tourist trap at all. You know, It's not a tourist spot. But I do think if you did it near WWE, but it's tough because where WWE is, it's like right off Interstate 95, and there's not a lot of room there. I mean, there's not a lot of room, and – it's not a real, you know, it's not a tourist area. You know what I mean? So it would be tough to do it there. Um, I would think Orlando because, you know, you're getting people like going on vacational time, going to Disney World and Universal and all that jazz. So it's a perfect spot because you got a, a zillion tourists there as it is. So, um, uh, yeah, but I am to answer your question, uh, I am um, shocked that, that it's not up by now, Michael Paul. I do think it's going to happen eventually. Uh, I am very surprised, though that it's not done. Uh, 
<laughs> I don't know the main reason. I, I don't know if there is a legitimate reason. Maybe they just haven't gotten around to it. I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if they have plans for it and they have like a, an architect drew something up or whatever. That would not shock me. They're very progressive in their thinking, but maybe it just whatever. All right, next question is how how did you like working Stone Cold in your WWE run? You're the man, Taz, and love all your work from Taz and Moose to the Taz Show. Uh, Johnny Perez. Johnny, thank you, buddy. Appreciate the love and the support for the podcast here and for the sports show that Moose and I do every day. Um, appreciate it, bro. All right, so here's the thing. Uh, how did I like working with Stone Cold in my WWE run? Well, you know, we did business together. Not a ton of business, but we did do some business together, as you guys know. I had a blast. I loved I, I, I love Steve personally. I, I know him a long time. Um, I, you know, uh, I've been on his podcast. He's been on my show. You know, you guys, if you go back, you could find it. <clears throat> if we don't have that available, then we could drop that as a throwback snack. So people let me know that are either didn't hear it or maybe some of you old school Taz Show fans. If it's not out there in the Apple podcast world or on radio.com, we'll definitely put it out there as a throwback snack when steve austin was on but here's the thing um steve's a great guy and he's a pro's pro um always respected him we kind of came up in the business around just around the same time we're probably very close in age you know he broke in obviously in texas i broke in in new york but um and he's had immense success and just a household name and 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 he's earned every fucking dime he's made that motherfucker works his ass off and always did i respect him i loved working with him I wish we could have done more. Um, he was a lot bigger star than I was, and I just think that, you know, the company looked at him as that, and he was. And they just, you know, I think there was an opportunity for us to do some stuff together, and it just didn't happen for whatever reason. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. I wasn't involved like that. Uh, you know, he was there a lot longer than me, uh, even before I got there. Um, but, you know, it was a crazy time then. And um, But as far as how did I like doing business with him and work with him, I loved it. I mean, it was great um we had a lot of fun you know we had a lot of fun and i do think and steve talked steve mentioned this to me and i mentioned to him you know we definitely could have made some money together and done some pretty cool shit for the fans because the characters had a a plethora of similarities um for sure you know uh the characters definitely did but yeah no it was a blast working with steve i I have nothing but respect for him i haven't talked to him for in a long time but uh nothing but respect for for him for sure and i want nothing but success for him Okay, uh, here we go. Another question on the task hall meeting. Why can't WWE get away from old stars? The contrast between the talent at All In and then Raw trying to promote Taker slash Sean slash Triple H is so stark it's jarring. Vincent Harden. All right, Vincent, thank you for the question. All right, look, let's be honest. All In had some older talent on there also. Okay, they, unless I'm misunderstanding your statement or question here. So, so they did. So I think if you're doing business or talking about people like Shawn Michaels and people like Undertaker, who you do not see a lot in WWE programming um, at all, they're massive, massive stars with generations of fans. So, I mean, big time, huge names. Like I just talked about Steve Austin. <laughs> These guys are in that same mount rushmore you know what i mean so yeah it, it's a different it's different than the way all in did it it's just a different creative mindset that's what made all in very cool it's just different wwe's vision's different um 
it's just it's different. That's why a lot of people liked All In. I mean, and and that's that's another reason why All In, you know, uh, did so well for a company that is not is it even a company? I mean, their, their gate was was like I don't know close to like four hundred and sixty thousand dollars, and 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 Fight TV pulled in over a million dollars in streaming sales. I mean, so it's like that that that's impressive. That's very impressive when you are not the worldwide phenomenon like WWE and the machine that WWE is for decades and decades and decades. That's insanely impressive, and they hardly announced any fucking matches. So, yo, that's pretty impressive. So, point is, they're doing something right what they did with that All In show, but WWE is obviously doing something right too. You know, I think it's all uh, Vincent. I think it's all an acquired taste. What you like, what you don't like. You know, I understand you saying the contrast between the talent. Um, I, I'm not going to get into naming names, but there were definitely some some older guys that were on All In or in a Battle Royal or wherever that, you know, didn't. Let's be honest; those guys are longer in the tooth. A couple of them, a couple of them work great, but I, you know, I, I mean, I'm happy for all those guys. But I'm just saying, you you asked the question, not me, so I'm bringing it up. But because you mentioned it, um, I I I think it's a big difference. I mean, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels are Triple H's. You know, these especially Taker and and Shawn, those guys are really never on the show, and they're fucking monster names, dude. I mean, huge, huge, huge names, huge. They've made millions of dollars for the company. It's unfair, Vincent. In my opinion, you're entitled to do what you want, bro. It's unfair for anyone to even compare the way anything that All In done with whatever they're old, older guys that were on the card compared to the older guys that were on raw because the names that you mentioned triple h taker and sean those guys are they're, they're staples in the company for for, for decades it's a, it's it's just a different thing i understand you're saying it, it, it's stock and it's jarring i got it i i just think it's it's kind of an apples and oranges thing i really do it's just because wwe they they're going to promote things different. They're going to push things different than than what All In did. All In was just that, All In. They went All In, and they went fucking guns a-blazing, and they took a shot, and they just fucking put on a fun, entertaining show with some great wrestling, and they didn't have storylines for the most part, and they didn't have you overthink shit, and, and it, they were an awesome alternative to WWE programming. That doesn't mean WWE programming sucks. That doesn't mean programming for WWE is great. It's an alternative. So to each his own, that's all. But it's a good question, Vincent Harden, and I appreciate it. Uh, so uh, this is what we're going to have to do. We're going to go to break here in a second because I have to go to break, otherwise I'm going to get in trouble. And other side of the break, uh, we're going to get to talking again about All In. All In 2. Would Taz be on All In 2? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into that in a second here. Um, hey, guys, if you or someone you know is concerned about a veteran, uh, please do this. Uh, please call the Veterans Crisis Line. Confidential support is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for veterans and their families. Simply dial 800-273-8255 and press the number one or use the online chat function on VeteransCrisisLine.net or text 838-255. The Veterans Crisis Line is available to all veterans, even those not enrolled in VA healthcare. So please visit VeteransCrisisLine.net to learn more about recognizing signs of crisis, warning signs of suicide, 
and how to respond to a veteran loved one in crisis. Again, 800-273-8255. Press number one, online chat function, veteranscrisisline.net, uh, or you can text 838-255. So uh, that's a very important message, as you guys know. All right, we're going to rock and roll here. We're going to head into the break, guys. And uh, basically, you know, on the other side, someone had a question about All In 2. And <laughs> my name got thrown into the shit. So well, <laughs> from the question, I should say. All right, Tash, I'll be right back. Back here, Taz Show. You guys enjoying this little Taz Hall meeting episode douche too? Uh, so appreciate you downloading this biatch. So yeah, we're, uh, we're chopping it up here, talking a little bit. Uh, some of your questions that we that came out on the Facebook. So uh, we appreciate it, and uh, I'm going to get into this. So we had someone basically ask a question about um, potentially all in two get into that in a second but i want to get into uh another question that uh, we were sent before that so where is that oh here we go ah ah here we go <laughs> another slight thing that i've mentioned a while back on this but here we go how do you feel about the shaky camera on the camera cuts when a match is in process it seems like they cut the camera they cut the camera when moves connect in some matches more than others referring to wwe alan bryant the third alan thank you sir and you are correct on everything you said your observation observation is definitely correct um i am not a fan uh, at all i think it's done too much um sometimes it, it bothers me like i have to kind of turn my head i'm not trying to be dramatic i'm fucking being serious i just don't think it's good i'm just being blunt i don't want to disrespect nobody just being honest some physical stuff it is done and i have to tell you i do think it's done with certain wrestlers more than others and i think that what they're trying to do and i'm just i'm gonna pull back the curtain no one told me this it's just my observations it's, you know i think they're trying to protect maybe some of the younger newer talent that maybe some of the physicality they do is not as physical and I do think that's why that happens. I, I, I'm just being blunt. That that comment will probably definitely keep me out of the fucking Hall of Fame. Oh, forget about it. I'm done. Put away the orange dress. Let her know. Tell Mrs. Sass. Oh, uh, yeah. She was pressing it at the house, everything. I brought it to the dry. She brought it to the dry cleaners. Then she brought it back to the house. She was pressing it. Nah. Nah. Yeah, you were in story time. Yeah, I know. But then I had to go out here and talk about the camera. And they're protecting talent. Buried. So anyway, yeah, I, 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 that's what I think it is. I'm just being honest. Um, I, I don't. I think that when you use that style, sometimes it's very cool and it works very well. Shaking or, you know, moving it around, and, <clears throat> you know, making it making it seem frantic. I do think less is more with that. Um, I do, I, I, and I think they do do it too much. You know why, guys? You know why I feel that WWE does it too much? Because it's been mentioned by you guys, the fans, a lot. And you guys, the fans, notice it. 
So if you notice it and it's supposed to be a subtle production thing, that's bad. That's the problem, in my opinion. So Alan Bryant III, thank you. Thank you. All right, uh, here we go. This is a long question by this gentleman, but I will read it. What is the point of having nameplates on the screen? Is Michael, uh, let me just, okay. I want to, I guess I'll explain it now before I keep reading. He's saying nameplates. As I read on, that's why I stopped talking. He's talking about, uh, uh, it's called a lower third. It's not a nameplate. So he's talking about when when a wrestler's name, uh, a wrestler's coming out, and they put his name on the bottom of the screen, uh, he or her's name. That's called a, a lower third. That's the TV term. Uh, anyway, so here's the question. What is the point of having name plates on the screen? Is Michael Cole is always very quick to tell the viewers at home everything we need to know about whoever is about to come on the screen to the very second their music hits? With a question mark. The only thing he doesn't mention is their Twitter handle. And I have to believe that's not the only reason that's not the only reason they still show the nameplates. Louis Frega. Thank you, Louis. Um, no, first off, he's not going to say the name. He's not going to say the Twitter handles because that would be ridiculous. Okay. That, you know, the talent's lucky that they even fucking put the, the lower third with the Twitter names. Uh, that's a great plug and push for your Twitter. That's, that's really cool. And they're fortunate to get that kind of reach and push on it. Um, that's, that's cool that WWE does that. Um, as far as the nameplates, as you call, they can't call them nameplates. The lower thirds, <laughs> they're not nameplates. The lower thirds. Um, you have to. It's called an ID in TV talk. You have to ID who the person is, not just talent. If you watch the news, if you watch anything that's like in a studio or in a, any kind of a live event, you have to lower third the talent. That's what it's called. It's a T. It's TV one hundred and one. I'm not trying to be condescending, Lewis. I, how would you know this if you're not? in that industry so i'm smarting you up um michael cole uh, i can tell you from experience is the most one of the most prepared guys you're ever gonna (laughs) hear on on tv he has every detail you need to know to your point um but they id him because let's say you're in a bar lewis with your friends and there's fucking music blasting and people are fucking pounding vodka and beers and throwing wings all over the place Ah! everybody's having a blast and there's fucking 20 tvs in his bar there's a football game on one there's a college football game on another one there, there's there's uh, the news and political news and you know trump with his hair there's all sorts of shit on all the other tvs and there's a couple tvs with raw on or smackdown and now you can't hit my point in telling you all this shit and setting the table like that is you can't hear the commentators so lewis just because you're sitting home watching or wherever you're watching you can hear the announcers doesn't mean that maybe some people aren't not just wrestling anything you have to lower third id the talent identify the talent via via a lower third that's why you have to see who you have to see the person's name it's just it has to be done it's it literally is tv 101 lewis but thank you for the question i appreciate it um where were we okay do you think the wwe is oversaturated with talent and if so, what would you do to address the issue? Call Chaspla. 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 I might have said your name wrong. I apologize. Call. Thank you for the question. Uh, okay. Do you think the WWE is oversaturated with talent? Uh, and if so, what would you do to address it? Well, I would. A couple of things. Would I, I would think that they are slightly oversaturated for sure. 
Um, so I, I quasi agree with that statement that they're, that they're, you know, well, you're asking me a question, so it's not really a statement. So let me rephrase it. You're asking me if I think they're over oversaturated. I can't. It's, it's, I'm not giving you a flat out answer because I'm thinking they have a lot of shows. They have a three hour show called Raw. They have a two hour show called SmackDown. They have a one hour show called NXT and 205 Live, which admittedly enough, I haven't watched in a long time. I believe that's one hour. Um, they're doing May Young Classic. They're doing an all female pay per view in October, I believe, called Evolution. So there's a lot of programming. Uh, so you need a lot of talent. Um, so do I, to answer your question in very long form, do I think the WWE is oversaturated with talent? No, I don't. I don't. Um, I can't speak for their performance center. I don't know how many guys and girls they have coming up or what they have there. I'm sure they have a, a ton. Uh, I don't think they're oversaturated. I don't. Now, if they were, what would I do to address it? Hopefully, either add another show. I'd rather see you see them add another show as opposed to adding an hour to, let's say, NXT, because you don't want to add an hour to NXT or or an hour to two or five. It's just it's too long. If anything, you want to take an hour from Raw. This three hours is just it's just way too much to invest. I'm just being frank. It really is. I can't speak for every fan out there. I'm just saying a lot of people I talk to, fans, casual fans, hardcore fans, a lot of them say the same thing. It's just a lot. It's a lot. The three hours is a lot. And now you got Monday Night Football starting up here. Good luck. And this NFL season, this landscape of the NFL is going to be legit. It's going to be an ultra competitive NFL season, in my opinion. And you're going to have a, probably a lot. I have not looked at the Monday Night Football schedule. But I think you're gonna have a lot of ultra competitive games, and you know there's a lot of crossover from wrestling fans to, you know, to football fans. So, all right. So, uh, but we'll see. Hopefully, WWE uh, you know does well and, and it doesn't affect them. All right, here we go. Uh, this is the question I was talking about, and uh, we go. Here we go. You have been a part of arguably the greatest movement in wrestling, ECW. Now, there seems to be a new rebel movement in the Bullet Club slash All In. Would you want to be a part of in this with some way if there's an all-in two? What a question mark. This is from Derek Galsband. Thank you, Derek. I appreciate the question. couple things. Um, would I want to be a part of, let's work backwards. Would I want to be part of all-in two? I, I, you know, I mean, shit. I mean, looking at that first one, it looked pretty fucking cool. I got to be <laughs> It brought back some memories the way, you know, I, I've been, you know, part of a lot of really, really, I've been fortunate to be part of a lot of really cool fucking ECW shows, little shows, big shows, everything, you know, a lot of cool shit, man. <laughs> and this was cool. This all in thing had a, a real cool vibe. Um, listen, I, they'll, they don't need me to do anything. They don't need me to do commentary. They don't need me to. I'm not wrestling. I'm not, I can't, I, you know, those days are gone. They don't need me to be a manager for anything. They don't need me for anything. They don't need anybody. They, they, do, they did great with that one show, and hopefully they, when they do something else, they do great again. Uh, but if my schedule permitted, would I be interested? Uh, it would get my eyes going. I mean, because I respect a lot of these people that are doing this. Uh, you know, obviously Cody, uh, you know, I consider Cody a friend, and, and uh, I know the Bucks very little, but I respect the hell out of those guys. Uh, you know, I... Uh, Omega's, you know, he's been on my show, and I consider him a friend, and he's a great guy. And you know, um, 
jeez, uh, I, I know a lot of guys that were on a card, obviously, from the NWA end. I mean, obviously, you know, I go way back with Dave Lagana. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I have a very hectic schedule. <laughs> and I love what I do, and I'm blessed to do what I do with two jobs, uh, from this to Taz Show, which is a full-time job, I promise, and my daily radio show, which is a very full-time job. So I'm a busy guy, and I'm a happy guy, and I'm a blessed guy, but the all-in-two thing, uh, my eyes would open up like, oh, what do we got in mind? But they, they, that, that's not happening. They, they don't need a, an old-ass old suplex machine like me. I'm Dunsky. Uh, but thanks for asking. But I will say this. Uh, you passed a nice comment, Derek, about the greatest movement in wrestling uh, in ECW. You're saying arguably. I will correct you, and it's not an argument. It was the greatest movement in wrestling. ECW was. Uh, and there is a rebel movement in the Bullet Club slash All In, for sure. And I've been putting All In over like crazy and everything about them. But they did one show. It's not even technically a real company. You know, let's give what all the talented men and women that worked very hard in ECW uh, and Paul Heyman as the, the, the you know, the boss, uh, a little more credit. We, we did a lot more than one show. So, and I don't mean that to be disrespectful. I'm just saying, I understand what you're saying about a rebel, rebel movement, and I get it, and you're right. You're right, Derek. You are. But there was a lot of years. There was a lot of, you know, a lot. Of blood, sweat, and tears to use that fucking played out cliche. There was a lot of that in ECW for a long time. So, and they're, they're, you know, it did, obviously, you guys know it didn't end with all rainbows and butterflies when the company, you know, wrapped up and a lot of people, there's just, there's money and there's people that owe money. It's just so much. It's, it's a, a obviously a very sensitive subject, but there was a, if you're looking at just the positive times of ECW, it was an amazing, amazing time that'll never happen again. It was lightning in the bottle, and I think All In has the potential to definitely not just do what ECW did, but even go further because of the education and so many years later of the business and how much smarter guys are to the business and how cool and niche pro wrestling is today and how uh, people want an alternative to WWE, immensely want one, and um and how over guys like Cody is and Omega is and the Bucks are and Hangman Page and you know uh, uh everybody that had on that card just got great reactions I mean so yeah uh it, it was one show and and I can't remember Dave Lagana's exact words but and we were talking on the podcast it was something about he didn't say less is more but like you know there's different words like just once, like niche, like you know, once in a while, you know, every other month. I talked about this a couple of podcasts ago. You know, I think that's the best. That's the wheelhouse, in my opinion, for all in. Unless they're gonna, you know, uh, just and and that's that's what Dave Lagana pointed out so well when he was on about it's different. You don't have to run a bunch of house shows and do all this shit, and you don't have to have a TV deal. And he's right on all that. He is. And the only thing though is, if you want wrestlers to get paid full time and work in the contract, you do need that stuff. <laughs> so that's important, but. If you're going to allow wrestlers to wrestle wherever they want and then make the all-in show and pay them or give them a royalty or whatever and put it on line and stream it and, and, and do something, then that's great. If it works for everybody involved, then shit, who am I to complain? I'm not on the card. Uh, but I'm an all-in fan, and I, I, I hope it all goes great, and I hope it works, and, and, and that's cool. And I, and I, uh, 
I really do, and I mean that from bottom of my heart. You guys know that. I wouldn't be promoting it on my show and pushing it. I don't get paid by them. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm just doing it on my own. I'm just doing it because, I, I, you know, you guys know I, I, I support the business. I love the business. I love independent wrestling. I, I love wrestling in general. I'm hoping I won't why would I not support it and promote it, you know? Shit. I mean, to me, I, I and I believe in the guys that are behind it. That's the main thing, too. I believe in the guys that are behind it. But anyway. Uh, thank you, everyone, for this edition of Taz Hall Meeting, Episode 2. Uh, thank you, guys. And I'm thanking you guys because you guys sent those great questions on our Facebook. And we'll post it. When we do it again, we'll post it on IG also, not just Facebook. I know some of you guys aren't on Facebook. So, all right, guys. Uh, I'm Taz. You're not. Thanks for downloading. I'll talk to you guys. Back then when I was only worried about my top friends Now my circle is getting smaller All these people acting fake, man And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten Me against the world, I've been doing what I really love Haters been hiding behind the screen, man, they movie cuts And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same Cause we've been doing